To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our consideration this morning on this, the celebration of the Reformation, is the gospel for today. You heard it read before in John chapter 8. Recall just these words. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, mankind's only way to eternal life, my beloved. So here we are once again, colors are red, celebrating the Lutheran Reformation of 1517. The Christian church at that time was corrupted with man-made ideas. So God blessed the man by the name of Dr. Martin Luther with the courage and health by God's grace to restore the, to the church once again the truth. To boil everything away down to the very basics, the church was deformed by man-made ideas that could lead people very much away from eternal life and the Savior. It needed to be reformed. In 2019, the attacks on biblical Christianity and Scripture itself are everywhere. Secular education, the entertainment industry, mass media, attempts to eliminate biblical Christianity with atheistic evolutionary thought. And so it is, once again, on this Reformation Sunday that God reminds us to continually look into and know God's Word and pray that we might continue to be authentic, evangelical, Lutheran Christians and authentic biblical Christians. This morning I want to take a look at seven, and I know sometimes I'm preaching to the choir, but I want to look at seven humanistic man-made falsehoods that stand every day before us in opposition to biblical truth. Seven because we want to stay close to the truth, because the truth sets us free. Falsehood number one, evolution. The evolutionary theory that states that the world came together by chance, and you can figure out what you want to call it, the Big Bang or whatever, millions, perhaps billions of years ago, and through that process, uh, eventually living, organi living organisms came about, animals, and finally humans. It was a theory when it was proposed, and I do have to tell you that the thing that bothers me the most, being promoted in uh, secular education, 
is that it's not science. And yet that's where you find evolutionary theory in the science class. It's not science at all. Science has to do with empirical evidence, something you can see, feel, and touch, feel or touch. Look at a microscope or a telescope. Nobody was there when the world began. Nobody saw it. Therefore, it's out of the realm of science. It should really be put into the uh, philosophy course. You have to have as much faith to believe in evolution as, to you, as you, you need to believe in creation. The Bible does not teach evolution. It's a man-made idea. The Bible teaches creation. Exodus 20, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God created the world in six solar days. The first day, light. The second day, the atmosphere. The third day, the land mass is separated from the ocean and vegetation. The fourth day, the solar system, the stars. The fifth day, the fowl and the fish. And the sixth day, land animals and man. You know what... Uh, atheistic evolutionary theory does. It wipes God out of the picture. And if God is out of the picture, you're not accountable to anybody. But you know why Genesis 1, 2, 3, and 4 are so important? Because Jesus, speaking to some of his disciples and questioners, and he said, haven't you read how he made them in the beginning, male and female. Jesus Christ attests to creation. If you say, well, Jesus could make mistakes, well, then Jesus is not the holy Son of God, Savior of the world. You see how the message of salvation hinges on Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4 because they point to Jesus and the need for a Savior. Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us make humans in our image. You notice the plural, the Trinity? In our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created humans... In his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Evolutionary thought, man-made ideas, creation, the word of God. The second man-made humanistic ideas that come our way all the time is that human beings, when they are born, they are morally neutral. And also that death is one of the natural processes of life. Both are wrong. Man is not, human beings are not born morally neutral. Some people say they're born morally neutral. Uh, neutral, and so 
your environment it affects how if you're going to turn out good or bad. Scripture says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Human beings are born depraved. The fleshly mind is hostile to God, Scripture says. We are born enemies of God, and unless something changes, we'll be lost forever. Did you ever notice how, along with that, you cannot legislate morality? Mankind has been passing laws throughout all of history. It hasn't cleaned up the mess. The only way that you can clean it up is by cleaning up what's inside, by changing the heart, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the the word of the gospel to bring people to faith in Jesus Christ because then they know why you want to live a good life to say thank you to your God for all of his blessings. And the falsehood that goes along with that is that death is a natural process of life. Nothing could be further from the truth. Death is totally unnatural. Oh, what do you mean, Pastor? Now I don't think you know what you're talking about. Death is unnatural. God never created us to die, but to live forever. We've just been living with death so long, we think that it's a natural process. If man is born morally neutral... And if death is just a natural process of life, why in the world do you need a Savior to take away all of your sin? Why do you need a Savior who guarantees you of everlasting life even after this life? Born morally neutral, death is natural, humanistic, man-made ideas. Born depraved and corrupt, an enemy of God. Death unnatural, that's scriptural, and that's why we need a Savior. Third humanistic idea that comes our way all the time is there was an ice age millions and millions of years ago, and uh, that's why we have the canyons and the mountains and the rivers and the streams, all that the millions and millions of years ago, and you notice as soon as you start using millions and billions, it's a man-made idea, and once again, you eliminate God from the picture. You know, how come we have the topography that we do all around the world with the continents and the mountains and the canyons? The universal flood of Noah's day, where God took a look down and he was sorry that he had made mankind because they were all a mess of unbelievers, except for eight Build an ark. And so the world was saved. God's justice for sin, God's mercy to save. And when those waters receded, there was a mini ice age, maybe a couple centuries long, and that's why we have the glaciers in the Kettle Moraine. And that's why we have the Grand Canyon and Mount Everest. Catastrophic waters that covered the whole world and then receded and washed things away. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, the third day the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of heaven were opened, and rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. 
But there were animals going in, male and female, as God had commanded. Then the Lord shut him in. And then, of course, Noah came out, and there was a rainbow. God's justice and his mercy. Not millions and billions of years of ice age, but a universal flood. But prior to that, human beings became corrupted. God's perfect creation that he made in six days and rested on the seventh. The Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will certainly die. To Adam he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. St. Paul says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and this way death came to all people, because all sinned. And that's why we die, because sin entered the world. And thanks be to God that we have a Savior to guarantee us everlasting life after this life. The fifth Humanistic man-made ideas. Jesus Christ of the Bible was just a good man. He was perhaps the epitome, uh, the best that humanity had to offer to this day. And he was a great philosopher who taught people how to be good to one another and how to love animals. Wrong. Jesus Christ is the creator who became a creature, who came down to suffer the punishment for our sins. But first of all, and we always forget about this too, Holy Scripture says, you be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, or else. And we can't be perfect. So Jesus Christ, the creator, becomes a creature he lives a perfect life for us and credits all of his righteousness and his holiness to your account. And that's one of the ways you get holy. Jesus Christ. Do you ever think about that? If Jesus Christ was only the best uh, form of humanity to date, then his death on the cross means little or, or nothing more than Abraham Lincoln's assassination, a good man dying for a good cause. But Jesus Christ died as punishment for the sins of the whole world. For just as through the disobedience of the one man many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man many will be made righteous. Jesus Christ lived perfectly for you. One of the other uh, falsehoods that comes our way in our modern, so modern thinking world is uh, you take a look around the world and you see the various different cultures and uh, different languages. And uh, the humanistic idea says, well, that all evolved over a period of millions and, and billions of years. Wrong. After the flood of Noah... God said, I want you to disperse yourself, all you people around the world. 
and enjoy my creation. They said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to big this uh, big, humongous tower, and we're going to stay here in one spot. And it's going to be sort of a monument to ourselves. God said, no, you are not. And so in his grace and mercy, he confused their languages, and they couldn't understand one another, and they couldn't continue to build that, that tower because nobody could understand one another, and so they all scattered to different parts of the world. The reason for mentioning that individual races did not evolve on their own. They all came from one man, Adam, and his wife Eve, and then later on from Noah and their family. The reason for mentioning that is we are all of one race, the human race, and we respect each other no matter what the color or the language or where you live because they are all blood-bought souls of Jesus Christ. Not evolved, but created and then dispersed by God. And then we come to another falsehood, sixth falsehood of our society today, and that is all religions are pretty much the same. You ever see that bumper sticker, coexist? All religions are pretty much the same. I always like it, too. On that bumper sticker, there's also the cross of Jesus Christ. There is one, only one saving religion in the whole world, and that's the religion that promotes Jesus Christ who died and rose again for the sins of the world. And you know, when you really take a look at it, there's really only two religions in the whole world. You may have heard me say it before. There's all the religions of do. You better do something so that God will smile on you. You better do something and then hope for the best when you die. You better do something... And then there is biblical Christianity that says, done, D-O-N-E. Everything has been done for you through Jesus Christ. There's not one thing that you can do to uh, merit eternal life. Jesus has done it all. Simply love him back and live for him because of his gracious gifts to you, eternal life. The cross of Jesus Christ. Not just a little piece of jewelry, you know, that people hang around your neck. Sometimes you want to go up to somebody and say, uh, do you wear that just for jewelry? Do you wear that just for show? Sometimes it gets you into a good conversation about Jesus Christ and what the cross is all about. Punishment for your sins and mine. And then there's the last one, and it's a big one going on in our world today. And that is... Take good care of this world because if you continue to pollute it and mess around and do everything, eventually this world is going to die and it will not be inhabitable for anybody anymore. And perhaps that will happen if you don't take care of it in 10 or 12 years. Human beings cannot destroy the planet. Perhaps you heard me say it, even if we set off all the nuclear warheads throughout all the world, you still will not destroy the place. There will be some humanity left somewhere. God guarantees it. He told Noah after he got off the ark, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. You can't destroy yourself. 
How is this world finally going to end? Jesus says, but about that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And as it was in the day of Noah, so it will be at coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. Keep watch, because Jesus is coming. You do not know the day when the Lord will come. You can't predict that this world is going to end in 10 or 12 years. Only God knows. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people uh, one from another as He uh, uh, shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. So be comforted, dear Christian friends. Mankind cannot destroy the world. But Jesus will come one day. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. But we look forward to a new heaven and a new earth. Please be knowledgeable about all these humanistic ideas that plague us as Christians every day. And because they're peppered at you so much day after day, sometimes you say, well, I guess maybe that's true. But you have to take a look into Scripture where you have the absolute truth because the truth shall set you free. And salvation is found in no one else, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved than Jesus Christ. And the final concluding thought about the truths of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15 if only for this life we have hope in Christ, then we are to be pitied more than all men. If the message of our church is just do good to people and hope that the world will get better, it's false and it's empty. But if the message is Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life and there is no other way, we need to tell people as quickly as possible. But thanks be to God that he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So here we stand firmly on the word of God. And in 2019, God help us. In Jesus' name, amen.